Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Thank you, Leah. Lord, you say. Do we listen when God says? You know, that's a question that all of us need to think about. God is supreme. His love is ever-reaching. And when he says, I love you, and thank you for that, quite special. When he says, I love you, you can believe it. But we're glad to see each one of you today. We appreciate you coming, and we're also glad to have our little grandson from Weeki Florida, Matson. Good to have him with us for a few days. We don't know how many, but uh, we're glad to have him. But uh, we want to thank all of you for coming. Lucas, thank you for doing Wednesday. Appreciate that. And all of you that are working in Vacation Bible School, we've been praying for you. And I understand there's going to be quite a few kids here, and that's good. And we're always thankful for Vacation Bible School and all of those that will give their time to teach these little kids. And uh, are you having youth classes? Good, good. And, and teaching them the word of God. But we're glad to be here and glad to see all of you this morning. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ezekiel chapter 47. Ezekiel chapter 47. We want to look this morning at the subject, A Deeper Walk with God. We'll be reading the first 12 verses, Ezekiel 47. And for all those who are tuning in out there, we appreciate you tuning in this morning. We hope the Lord will bless you. And as we read, we want you to have an open ear and an open heart as to what God wants to say to us this morning. Verse 1, Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward. For the forefront of the house stood toward the east, and the waters came down from un under from the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, and led me about the way without unto the other gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubics, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the loins. Afterward he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over. For the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? Then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on the one side and on the other. Then said he unto me, These waters issue out toward the east country, and go down into the desert, and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the waters shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. 
and there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And it shall come to pass that the fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi, even to Engalim. They shall be a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds, as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. But the miry places thereof and the marshes thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank thereof and on the side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months, because their waters they issued out of the sanctuary, and the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. Thank you, Father, for your great love and for your mercy, and thank you for this scripture that we have read, that you have spoken to us from. We ask, Father, that you would enlighten us and help us, Lord, to understand. Yes, there's ankle deep, knee deep, loins deep, deep and so deep that we could not pass over. Blessings from God. Thank you. And Lord, we ask that you'd guide us and help us at this time in Jesus' name. Amen. The rivers is similar to the ones mentioned in Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2. And he showed me a poor, pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was, tree, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 10. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The river of life proceeding out of, from under the throne of God. We'll see that one of these days when we get to heaven. It'll be pure water. It'll be pure because it's from the Lord God himself. And as we look at that, it symbolizes life from God. You know, here on earth, about four or five days at the most is all you can handle without water. You'll be gone. But when we get there, we'll have eternal water from that eternal river proceeding out of the throne from under the throne of God. We'll never have to worry about thirsting anymore or having anything that we can get too hot that we don't have a drink of water when we get there. The waters also symbolize blessings that flow from his throne. We can enjoy those blessings here because they flow from God himself. And we enjoyed the music this morning. And I don't know whether you noticed me or not, but I sat right over there and cried. The love of God. How can you explain the love of God? How can you explain to somebody that one day we will be sitting in the presence of a holy and a righteous God because of the love of God and the water that he wants to give us? When he went to that cross, that love was made known to all of the world 
But it's so sad that all of the world is not going to receive that love. Just like our Sunday school lesson this morning. Laodicea didn't need anything. But oh, how wrong they were. They needed God. They needed the love of God. They needed the scriptures of God to show them how to live and to walk and to go in this world that we're living in today. Symbolizes life from God and the blessings that flow from his throne. What are those blessings? Those blessings are gentle. They're safe. They're deep and they're expanding as it flows. God wants to give you everything. He wants you to have everything. But the question is, do we want everything? Or, as you follow this river, it flows down into the Dead Sea area. You know what the Dead Sea area is? Water's dead. Only a certain kind of microorganism can live in that water. It is so salty. It is so polluted that it cannot handle life. But not so from that water coming from the throne of God. It can handle everything and it can nourish us. It can give us life no matter what. The water of God and Jesus Christ brought it to us. What did he say to the woman at the well? If you would have only asked... Man, I'd have give you living water. But that woman came searching for the regular water to sustain her. But Jesus said there's something more important in the water that we take. That spiritual water is the water that we all need that's going to help us. And then it will escort us into the very presence of a holy and a righteous God. Yes, the Dead Sea area will become fresh and alive again when Jesus comes here back here on this earth. It will be life-giving nature to the water that's in that lake now. We can feel so wicked and evil, but yet these waters can heal. But we want to look at that river, and the first thing that we see, it's free. How much did you pay for your salvation? I didn't pay a thing. I tried on several occasions, but I found out I couldn't pay for it. Jesus gave it to me. And so did he to all of you. Aren't you glad for that water? Aren't you glad that that, for that river that flows out from under the throne of God? One day we'll see it. Oh, it's spontaneous. Just like in our Sunday school lesson this morning, Jesus is knocking at the door. He wants to give you a fresh cup of water, spiritual water, living water. But how many people refuse that water because they think, there's other things more important. Oh, we see the source. The source of that water comes out from under the threshold of the house or of the temple, from under the throne. Comes out from the holy place of God. 
Aren't you glad it touches your heart? Aren't you glad that it quenches that thirst? You ever been real thirsty? I'm sure you have. And when you get that cup of water, you just don't take a sip or two. Man, you gulp it down. You got to have that water. I don't know about you, but when Roy Collins told me how to be saved, I just didn't take a sip. Man, I asked God to give me all of it. And he did. He didn't hold any back. He gave me life eternal. He gave me the promise that one day I'm going to see him. I don't know when that day's going to be. Doesn't matter to me. I'm not anxious to leave my family, but I'm sure anxious to see God. And I hope you are too. Because I want to thank him for that living water. Comes out from under the threshold of the house, out from under the holy place, the place of the mercy seat, the throne of God. Now think about that. The mercy seat. We deserve judgment, but God gives mercy. Like the Holy Spirit, it proceeded from the Father according to John 15, 26. But when the Comforter is come, when I will, I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. It comes from the Father through Jesus Christ and through the conviction of the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Yes, the source is God himself. But we also see the course in verse 1. And he brought me again into the door of the house, and behold, waters issued from out under the threshold of the house eastward. Toward the south side of the altar. And you know, whithersoever the river shall come, where it shall go, the only way these waters can reach a perishing world is by the way of the altar through Jesus Christ. I can stand here and preach eternity. Brother James could stand and preach for eternity. So could Lucas. But it takes God and the Holy Spirit touching each heart in order us to receive that refreshing, life-giving water. The Holy Spirit was not given until after Christ had suffered and was glorified, according to Revelation 22.1. Yes, there were those in the Old Testament which the Holy Spirit came and rested upon, and they, they did miracles. They did mighty things. But the Holy Spirit upon each and every person when we get saved did not come until after Christ died. He told those disciples to go up there to that upper room and wait for the coming of the Spirit. And that's exactly what they did. When we get saved, the river's course runs through our hearts. Right here. 
Oh, I knew all about it before I got saved, but it was here. It was here. Many people are like that today. Sure, they may know the Bible. They may come to church. They may be good to people. But if it's up here, you just know about it. But when it drops about a foot and comes to the heart, to the spiritual heart, there's a change. And that change will be noticeable. That change cannot be tied up. It cannot be closed up. Jeremiah was told, don't you talk anymore. But Jeremiah couldn't quit. He was thrown in prison, but he kept on preaching. John was placed on the Isle of Patmos, told him not to preach anymore. But God came to him through the Holy Spirit and gave him our book, The Revelation of God. Oh, you couldn't shut him up. And people who are truly to save today, I believe with all of my heart, you can't be quiet because of the what God has done for you and for me. He has given us that water, living water, that should open our mouths and change our hearts for the glory of God. Oh, what a wonderful source. What a wonderful course. And what a wonderful force it is. Look at verse 8, 9, and 12. Then said he unto me, These waters issued out toward the east country and go down into the desert and go into the sea, which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed. And it shall come to pass that everything that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. And by the river upon the bank thereof, and on the side, and on that side shall grow all trees for meat, whose leaves shall not fade, neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. Aren't you glad for that river? Aren't you glad for the word of God? Aren't you glad that when you get saved, you never get hungry to be saved again because God does it right the first time? You never have to go back and say, Lord, yes, we sin. I need to be saved. No, if you're saved the first time, that's it. Now, you may turn your back on God and you'll live in misery until you realize what you're doing and the God will forgive if you'll come back to him and admit but it's a force. In verse 8, it's a power to heal. Aren't you glad for medicine today? But aren't you glad for a God who can heal sin sickness? I sure am. The only one that can. Don't look to me or anybody any other preacher. We can't do it. But God can. 
It has a power to revive. In verse 9, when we get down and out, when we decide, well, nobody's listening, I'm just not going to do anything else. And then all of a sudden, that spirit will come and pap you on the heart. Wasn't it Elijah that God spoke to there in the cave? What are you doing here? You ever been there? When you decided you were going to quit? Nobody's listening? And then God all of a sudden just speaks to your heart and said, What are you doing here? Well, I'm running from that woman. I'm running from so-and-so. Nobody's listening anymore. It's no use teaching, preaching, singing. But God still asks, what are you doing here? Oh, he has the power to revive. But he also has the power to bring forth. You get down and out, let me tell you a remedy to cure that. Go find a lost person. You probably know lost people. Let me tell you what God did for me. And you talk about being revived when that person listens and when that person accepts you or the Lord as their Savior. Revival. Revival. Yes, it has the power to bring forth. Yes, it's a force. And I'm not talking about Star Wars. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God. The force that lives within us. The force that helps us. The force that carries us through many difficult situations. Families are hurting today. They need someone to talk to. They need someone who has a positive word from the word of God so that the word of God can become that force in their life to help them in whatever situation they may be facing. Such is the power of the Holy Spirit working in those who believe in him according to John chapter 7. The Bible says, He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Don't try to quench those waters coming from the Holy Spirit of God that's coming from inside of you out. You'll live in misery. But when those waters begin to flow... When the Spirit begins to speak, mind the Spirit and do what God tells you to do. You're talking about a blessing. And yes, it is a force. It's the Holy Spirit working in each and every one of us. And the second thing that we want to see, it's a growing experience. He brought me through. Three times this was said, or four it's not a final condition. We're not saved here for a little while and then gone. 
It's continual. There is something deeper and better. And I want you to note the order here. Verse 3. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. What's he saying here? How much are you committed? How much am I committed to the Lord? Are you ankle deep? Are you just enough in those waters to get by? Are you enjoying the services on Sunday morning, Wednesday night, whenever we have a meeting? But that's about it. You're just ankle deep. You don't want to get any deeper. You don't want to commit anymore. But that's not it. There are a lot of folks like that. Shallow acquaintance with the river of life, the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet, he was still in it. We see the spirit of faith. Everyone starts here. It's a definite act of knowing God's divine will for our lives. But we also see in verse 4a, again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees. The only way waters can rise for us is to get deeper down. You go to the pool, especially little kids, they'll get in that water and about ankle deep, knee deep as far as they want to go. You go to the river, you wade out, you start with the ankles, then you go to the knees. In spiritual life, what about our prayer life? Is our prayer life at the ankles, the knees? When the knees are captured for God, there will be joy in his fellowship. No man is taller before God than when he is on his knees. You remember in the Old Testament, Moses, how he prayed, how Joshua prayed and God answered, how Elijah prayed and God answered, how Elisha prayed and God answered. In the New Testament, when that early church prayed and God answered, they weren't satisfied with ankle-deep spiritual living. They weren't satisfied with knee-deep spiritual living. They were all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's possible to be a believer and have no liberty in prayer because of worldly situations. But that early church prayed. And the Bible tells us that the foundation of the house where they were was shaken by God because of that prayer line.
But yet many people still refuse to be led. King Saul was one of them. Had every opportunity in the world to do a great and mighty work for the Lord. But he refused. He didn't want to get any deeper. But we also see loin deep, the spirit of prayer. In the loins is where the strength of man is. Have you ever prayed? Well, I'll just give you this little illustration. Most of you, or a lot of you are farmers, right? Lord, I got hay down. I need to get it up. And there's a big old cloud over there coming up. It's going to get this wet. Lord, would you push that cloud over that way? You ever prayed something like that? Have you ever prayed and asked God to move the sun backwards 10 degrees? Joshua did. He also prayed and said, Lord, don't let it go down until the battle's over. And I think the Bible says for a period of one day, that sun never went down because of prayer life. Spiritual power in prayer. The praying Christian will soon become a witnessing Christian because of what God does for them in their lives, in their families, and in their churches. The praying Christian will soon become a serving Christian. And oh, how we need that today. We look back in the Bible Peter, John, Paul, many of those early Christians. The more they prayed, the more God blessed. Peter in prison. The church praying. God answered. The angel came. Peter, get up. He chained between two soldiers. How am I going to get up, Lord? Get up. And can you see those chains falling off when Peter began to obey? Fell off. Now walk to the door, Peter. Well, it's locked, Lord. Peter, walk to the door. He walked to the door and that door just swung open. Now he's about to go out, out of the prison. And the doors are locked. Peter, keep marching. And by this time, I imagine Peter knew what was going on. He kept marching. That old door just swung open. The spirit of prayer and the spirit of believing in prayer. Spirit of praying to a God who can hear and who can answer prayer and do things that impossible to us, but nothing to him. Yes, the praying Christian will soon become a witnessing Christian and a serving Christian, girded with the power of God. Oh, 
He's loin deep now. Less of man is seen. But we also see the last one. He's swimming. Man, it's over his head. Fullness of the Spirit in our lives. He's gotten beyond his depth and is carried by the river. Folks, that's where we need to be in our Christian walk today. We need to be carried by the Spirit of God. Whatever this church wants to accomplish, let the Spirit carry you through. Let the Spirit of God give you the strength, give you the wisdom, and give you the purpose. And watch what God can do to this church or any other church who is willing to be filled with the Spirit of God. Total surrender of life. It must be. But the Bible says that that last portion, it was so deep and so large that it could not be passed over. How many blessings does God have for us? We can't count them. There's nothing better on earth than to be in total submission to God. Perfection is not in us, but it's his provisions and his perfection that helps us along in this life that we're living. Yes, the Spirit wants to come to live with you. But just as that painting as it was brought out in Sunday school lesson this morning, those stone doorknob on the outside. The Spirit wants to come in. But you, me, everybody else must open that door from the inside. The Spirit is there to lead us, to help us in our daily walk. The Spirit is ready to give us power. Just like he did in this early church. Just like he did men in the Old Testament. He wants to give us that power. But he also wants us to have a, a full life. Fullness in living. For the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you. but I hope you're like me or even better. I want to see my Jesus. And whatever I can do down here, I want him to get the glory. Today would have been my mom's birthday. And I know where she is, by her own testimony. She's already seen Jesus. But what about you? Do you want to see Jesus? Or does this world have you so blinded 
like the church at Laodicea. Man, we don't need anything. Oh, they needed Jesus. And if you're lost today, you need Jesus. You need him in your heart, your life. You need him to walk with you so that you can talk with him like those two strangers on the road to Emmaus talked with Jesus and didn't know it. But when they sat down to that meal and they took that drink from the cup, the Bible says their eyes were opened and Jesus left just like that. Oh, didn't our hearts burn within us when we talked with him along the way? That can happen to each and every one of us today and for eternity because Jesus loves each one of us. The love of God is greater far than any tongue can tell. I didn't know she was going to sing that song, but how it went with the day's service. The love of God is so great, so powerful, and for each and every one of us, you're lost today. Let me invite you to come to a loving Savior. Admit you're a sinner and that you can't do anything about it other than confess. And then watch what Jesus can do. He can give you that living water. And folks, I believe with all of my heart, if you give everything to him, you won't stay in knee-deep water or ankle-deep water. You won't even stay in water up to the loins, but you'll want to get out there all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, what a blessing he wants to be to each and every one. But as we stand and sing our hymn of invitation, just as I am going to do, that's how he wants you to come, just as you are. And watch him do what needs to be done when you surrender to him. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.